With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the college football every game on the board podcast simulcast on the Wager Talk YouTube channel. We got our first handicapper up. He's hot right now in college football. Check him out at sportsmemo.com. Mid-major Matt. Welcome in, buddy. How you feeling? Doing good. Uh, enjoyed a little action last night. We saw a guy run for 300 yards, and uh, we saw a team put up 69 points. And uh, I was clairvoyant, Drew. I saw a garbage-time touchdown coming from Bowling Green, and it happened last night. Granted, it was four minutes left, but it still was garbage time. So it was a good night in the, in the MAC. It did. You, you had the crystal ball. You called it before. Guys, you can go back and watch it on the MAC, every game on the board podcast. It is um yesterday's college football show. You can find it on the Wager Talk YouTube channel. In today's show, we're going uh, Thursday, Friday college football games. So the rest of the weekday games here. And the Saturday board in this section down to 347, 348, App State versus Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt. So that's the section for right now with Mid Major Matt. Then we'll bring in Robbie Vino and go down the next section of Saturday's game. So this is the college football every game on the board podcast. And Matt, like we were just talking off air, Thursday, we had one go down here. Uh, game was postponed. Utah State versus Wyoming doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we just got one singled out Thursday college football game. And to tell you the truth, it's a good one here. Tulane versus Tulsa. Two, uh, I would say, well-coached teams, at least on the Willie Fritz side. 53 and a half being the total. We got the Tulsa Hurricane here. Minus six, minus six and a half, depending what sports book you're going off of here. 25th ranked Tulsa, by the way, Matt. Uh, what are you thinking here? Laying the number with Tulsa? at home in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Well, we talked about it during the uh, Best Damn Sports Show, uh, Best Damn College Football Preview uh, yesterday, and and I'll kind of reiterate some of the points I made there. Look, Tulsa, I mean, they've got to be feeling good. That was one of my winners last week was Tulsa. They beat SMU, and they come back and get that victory late. And when you look at Tulsa, you're talking defense. I mean, they're holding teams to uh, 370 yards of offense, 21.8 points per game. Um, It's the 19th. Lowest total in the nation at 4.88 yards per play. The problem with Tulsa is they're a slow starting team, notoriously down 23 to 5 in the first half to UCF, 17 to 3 to East Carolina, 21 nothing to SMU. And so you hope that there's a team that could take advantage of it. And maybe Tulane could be that team. I'm a big fan of Willie Fritz. Uh, they won this game last year, 38 to 26, and they're coming off the Army game. And, and, you know, we talked about in the other show, it is a bit of a concern that Tulane is coming off the Army game because it's a special kind of game when you're going up against the triple option, the constant chop blocks, your knees and things like that. But I think a team like Tulane should be able to handle something like that. And I'm really impressed with Tulane's quarterback, uh, Michael Pratt. You know, he, he was sacked 15 times in his first three starts. He's been sacked five times in his last three to me, Drew, I'm looking at Tulane in the first half here. I mean, once is a once is a you know a rarity. Twice is uh, we're starting to head towards a trend. And three times, look, Tulsa's just a slow starting team, and I wonder what the hangover or the residue is from an SMU win last week. I know they're probably feeling good. They're home, but uh, Tulane in the first half might be worth a look here, especially if uh, Tulsa starts out slow once again. You can get Tulane potentially at three and a half points to score in the first quarter. Um, I would potentially look over there. I think there's a chance Tulane gets a touchdown early. That offense uh, can move the ball a little bit on this Tulsa team. 
Okay, good stuff to start off here, guys. And like Matt said, you can go back to the best damn college football show yesterday as well. And Robbie Vino joined us and we broke this game down in depth. So that does it for the Thursday college football. We got Friday's slate here with four games, a lot of college football action here going in rotation order. We got 325-326 here. Syracuse, you're uh, an alumni of Syracuse, I believe, mid-major, Matt, at Louisville. Louisville minus 18, 56 and a half being the total. Yeah, sadly, uh, my my diploma says I am an alum, uh, I am alumnus of this school, and they they're coming off a bye week, which is really good because I didn't have to stress over a loss last week. And then two weeks ago, they lost at home, sixteen to thirteen to BC, in a game that was the ultimate sandwich for BC between Clemson and Notre Dame. So we know why they laid an egg there. Syracuse's offense has scored twenty one or less in all but two games. They may be starting the true freshman quarterback, Jacoby and Morgan. We don't know. The coach kind of alluded to it, but he also wants to get Rex Culpepper some time. It doesn't matter. They have one of the worst rushing defenses in the country at over 220 yards uh, per game allowed on the ground. I mean, there's not a lot to like about Syracuse. They have been ravaged by injuries. Um, they had some opt-outs before the season began, but this is a team that's just not very good. The problem is Louisville's not very good either. They lost last week 31-17 to Virginia. You really can't do anything until you find out about their COVID absences. Losing 2-2 at will last week and not having JV and Hawkins was pretty big. Um, they had a bunch of defensive linemen who were out that they hope We'll be back this week to Barrios Peterson, Yaya Diaby, and uh, Derek Dorsey, which is big because their defense needs all those defensive linemen. JV and Hawkins opted out, which is a bad sign. And true, it's something we're going to have to watch out for as we get close to the end here. You know, there are a lot of players on bad teams who are just going to opt out. And then if they start opting out, maybe others opt out. And it kind of gives you a, a temperature of how the team is. Um, Malik Cunningham last week had 161 yards passing, 197 yards rushing, and two touchdowns against Virginia. DFS players on Friday, please put Malik Cunningham in your lineup. I can't trust either of these two teams, Drew. This could be and should be an easy win for Louisville, but when you see a player of Javian Hawkins's uh, status opt out, I mean, that might give me a sign that where this team's headed at. Neither of these two teams are going bowling. There's not much of a future for either of these two teams, so I'm going to probably pass. If you really want to play the game, I'd lean Louisville. They should probably win this game easily, but who knows where their head's at right now. That's a good point, mid-major, Matt, in terms of guys opting out, something to watch here. You know, college football teams kind of quitting on the season has been a great fade in years past. I I would think it's even exponentially uh, a great fade this season in terms of kind of college football teams quitting on the year, especially bad football teams with guys not wanting to play in front of no fans. Something uh, I'm definitely going to watch, mid-major, Matt. We got Purdue, Minnesota in the Big Ten. Purdue, minus three-point road favorite, 63 the total in Minneapolis. Well, I'll be interested to hear your opinion on this game as well. Big Ten, not my necessarily my biggest focus, but for what I can read in terms of the stats here, Minnesota won this game last year on the road. Uh, Purdue uh, is, you know, it, they lost a 27-20 to Northwestern. I watched bits and pieces of that game. Their only win was by seven at Illinois when Illinois was on like their fifth string quarterback. Um, Xander Horfath has been impressive for Purdue. Last game, he had nine catches for 100 yards. He became the first Purdue running back with 100 receiving yards or more in 23 seasons. I mean, the big question is, is Rondell Moore eventually going to play? I mean, I don't know. You know, they keep saying, oh, he's on the practice field. There's little birdies saying he might play, and we don't know. And if you get Rondell Moore out there with the other uh, wide receiver they have, you've got a decent offense there for Purdue. On the Minnesota side, you've got a bad defense. They lose 35-7 to Iowa last week. Um, Mohamed Ibrahim it has 130 carries in four games. 
130 carries in four games. My crude math says that's over 30 plus, uh, 30-ish carries per game. He does have 10 touchdowns, though. Another guy you want to try and fit in your DFS lineups. In 20 trips inside the red zone, the Golden Gophers have given up 15 touchdowns. I don't like either of these two teams, Drew. Uh, this is an easy pass for me because I don't do enough on the Big Ten, and neither of these teams have like this massive edge. Minnesota's defense is terrible. Purdue's offense is good, but Purdue's defense isn't great, so maybe it's an over. I just don't see anything here. This is an easy pass. Anything on your end? It's an easy pass for me, mid-major, Matt. We got three two nine three three zero. New Mexico at Air Force. I got something here for you if you'd like it. Falcons minus seven at home, 55 and a half being the total. Sure. Why don't you? What do you have for us? All right. I don't want to steal your thunder, man, because I got a lot of good stuff here. I was going to let you go first. Oh, sure. Okay. So Air Force has been off for three weeks, uh, two weeks, essentially. They, they last played on Halloween. They lost 49-30 to Boise. Um, they didn't have enough players to compete of the two weeks ago due to COVID. So to me, um, Air Force runs such a precision type offense that when you don't have all your players and you're practicing within short groups and everything, it's, it's a concern to me. And you look at this New Mexico team, they lost 27 20 to Nevada. They also have lost 38 21 and 39 33. So they're putting up some points. They're also giving up some points. Um, 55 and a half seems a little low here. It does, and if and maybe what you do is you live bet it. You let Air Force get the kinks out early. When they start rolling in maybe the second quarter, you get a lower total on the over here. But I kind of like this New Mexico team. It'll be interesting to see who's going to be their starting quarterback. Trey Hall uh, started the last game. Tavaka Tuiati had the uh, concussion against Hawaii. So to me, Drew, I mean, New Mexico could be live here if you get a rusty Air Force team. But to me, I, I might live bet the over and hope that Air Force is rusty but figures things out mid-game. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I like the underdog here as well. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line because you are going up against an option team. So if you can stop the option in the first quarter, uh, you're likely going to be able to stop it all game long. That's something you know you can kind of not bank on when betting on or against option teams, but it's something that seems to be a trend here. And do want to give a shout out to the gold sheet with some of these stats because uh, they tipped me off on it. Um New Mexico, two straight covers versus Hawaii and Nevada, two at least middling middle uh, <laughs> conference teams here. New Mexico defensive coordinator Rocky Long at San Diego State was 7-0 and versus the Air Force option and combine that with the fact the New Mexico team under Bob Davey, awful. They were awful. I, I believe they only had four against the spread wins in the last three years, meaning their high of each of the last three years was four wins in that season. They've been a great bet against, but against Air Force, they've, they're seven and one their last eight tries against the spread against Air Force. So these kids combined with the fact that Rocky Long, the DC now at New Mexico, is a, a, a great is great at stopping the option attack of Air Force. Combine that with Air Force, two straight, straight up and ATS losses against San Jose State and Boise. Plus, you know, like you talked about the last two weeks, uh, COVID has kept them from playing. I think that they're going to be uh, rocky as well. So I like the underdog here. Uh, the New Mexico Lobos plus seven is something I bet personally. And in hearing what you said, um, I like a money line as well, mid-major Matt. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of good stats there, and it, it's look, uh, you know, if Air Force figures things out early, then they're then New Mexico is in a bit of trouble. But maybe so, maybe you take like a New Mexico first quarter or first half. You you hope that the early prep and the early rust goes in, and Air Force struggles a little bit. But yeah, I see all that logic, and I'll probably end up being on New Mexico as well. And it looks like uh, Davy Jones, uh, Joe Martinez, Allen in the chat box all agreeing with us. So uh, this might be a podcast kind of consensus. 
play here on the Lobos over the Air Force Falcons. So uh, we got last one here, I guess, Friday Night Lights, the nightcap. UMass versus FAU and mid-major Matt I know you're excited to talk this one who can't be if you have any degenerate in your blood this is one you want to be betting we got 50 and a half being the total minus 32 and a half that is FAU at home in Boca Raton mid-major Matt degenerate special written all over this which way are you going Pay, paycheck game for UMass. UMass is going to play four games. I read that these four games, because they've got Liberty also on their schedule, that's it. They're not adding any more. Basically, UMass decided they're going to come back and play football, and they basically added games as teams needed them to. They lost 51-10 to Marshall. They lost 41 nothing to Georgia Southern. Um, when you look at this UMass team, the irony is so we've talked about first quarter and first half uh, team totals. Last week against Marshall, the first half and the first quarter team totals were a half a point. And they scored, obviously, in the first half. So if you took the over, my goodness, you got lucky because they actually scored here. UMass has played three quarterbacks in one game, two quarterbacks in another game. None of them have been very good. This is a question of how much does FAU want it? And, uh, you know, coming off the Shula Bowl win uh, with bigger fish to fry, I I wonder how they show up here. The defense has allowed just 65 points in five games. Uh, the Posey kid was ridiculous. I was watching that game start to finish. He was 182 yards rushing in the win over FA, uh, FIU. He replaced Nick Tronny, who went 3-1 and one as a starter, but uh, Posey was pretty good, although uh, Willie Taggart did not commit to who will start this game. The one thing, if you want to look at the FAU side, is that if they take one guy out, the other guy is going to come in. You'll get some sort of continuity here. I think the FAU team total over at 41 and a half might be worth a look here. I think FAU can name their score here. Their offense isn't great, but UMass's defense is so bad. And as I said, if you have two competent quarterbacks, you take the first one out, you put the next one in, at least there won't be that much of a downfall when it comes to the offense. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one, mid-major, Matt. And you bring up the quarterback change at FAU, you know, as a sports bettors finding change and did anything, you know, happen differently? I mean, what about the rushes? What, 18 rush attempts for over 180 yards from Posey, I think is his name, the new quarterback there for FAU? That might be something to watch with a spark offensively. They put up, what, 38 points against FIU? You think yeah, it could put- actually be a bet on opportunity? I mean, but the problem was FIU's defense is terrible, and FAU, they literally didn't do very much. I mean, it was just, it was very frustrating in terms of their offense was basically snapped up. It was a Madden offense. For those of you in the chat and, and true who play Madden, when you had Michael Vick or you had Lamar Jackson, oh, you yeah. just basically take the quarterback and you run around and you just let him do everything. And that's kind of what FAU did. Now, they should probably, it should probably work against UMass. We've seen both teams score 41 and 51 against them, but. They also, FAU's offense is not as good as Marshall's, and it's not as good as Georgia Southern. If you were for the degenerate special to bet anything, I would say the FAU team total over. But once again, with a couple games on Friday and other things to do on Saturday, it's a recommendation. It's not a you-must-play-this situation. Okay, that is on uh, CBS Sports Network there, uh, 8 o'clock on Friday night. So we got Saturday's slate here, guys. Uh, we're talking with Mid-Major Matt on Twitter, at Mid-Major Matt. A good follow, especially during Maction. You know, uh, if he's winning, he'll let you know. If he's losing, you'll be able to tell by the tone in his tweets. But uh, we'll move on to Saturday's action here. We got UCLA and Oregon, 3-3-1, 3-3-2. The rotation numbers here, 1 o'clock kick in the Pac-12. That's Eastern, so a 10 a.m. Pacific kick here. 66.5 being the total, minus 13.5. That's Oregon at home. 
Joe Moorhead's doing really good things with this Oregon team. Coming off the 43-29 win at Wazoo, Tyler Shaw, I think is how you say it. The only quarterback nationally with 200 yards passing and 80 yards rushing in each of his first two games this season. Um, they are still without a bunch of tight ends, and they put up a lot. They're averaging 8.2 yards per play, 7.2 yards per rush. UCLA looked really good against the Cal team where they actually had the coaching advantage for once. I mean, I, I'm not a big UCLA guy. Uh, their defense was a whole lot better, but I'm not a huge fan of Cal's offense. Once again, this is not my wheelhouse in terms of the Pac-12. I kind of just skip these games usually, so numbers-wise. It looks like Oregon's the better team here, Drew, but, I mean, are you ready to lay 14-and-a-half? Weird time. It's going to be bright and early. Are you going to get a good effort right away from both of these teams? So, to me, it's an easy pass. Yeah, I'm already 0-1 betting UCLA games. I touched the Cal side, and uh, DTR, he looked a lot better at the quarterback position, so... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to stay away from this one as well, mid-major Matt. We got 3.30 kick here, Eastern time, 12.30 Pacific. In the Big Ten, Iowa, Penn State. Looks like the Hawkeyes, minus two in the hook on the road, 47 the total in Happy Valley. As someone who despises Penn State, I am enjoying their demise right now. But I, I feel like pride has to come in at some point. I just feel like, you know, this is a Penn State team. I know. Look, they say... Um, they basically said, look, we, last game. All right. So they lose the first game to Indiana. Then they go and they give it their offer. Ohio state. They don't beat Ohio state. Then they lose their third game because there probably was a hangover. And then I think at zero and three, they're like, what the hell are we playing for? And they lose at Nebraska. Now they did have over 500 yards of offense last week and they held the Cornhuskers to under 300, but they lost. They fell behind. Clifford wasn't very good. Um, I feel like pride has to come into play for this game. James Franklin said yesterday that the Nittany Lions had 39 false positives, which ha- hampered them in continuity in practice and game prep. I feel like at some point Penn State has to play like we all expected them to. This is There's no sort of handicapping here. It's just basically a feel for me. I'm not going to say it's a massive uh, – it's just a lean right now. But I think, Drew, their pride has to come into play with this Penn State team. They're home. I know there won't be any fans. But I feel like this is the Nittany Lions game here. I'm not a big fan of Iowa. I'm not a fan of that Petrus kid. I think he's okay. He's got good weapons. But to me, Drew, pride rules out here. And based on no handicapping whatsoever, this is a feel thing. I feel like Penn State gives a really good effort uh, and gets their first win of the season. All right, moving on to the ACC. We got Virginia Tech at Pitt here, Matt. Looks like uh, the Hokies, minus three-point road favorites, 55 the total. So obviously I'm in I'm in Hokie country here and very disappointed to see what they did last week. I mean, this is a tech team that's lost three of their last four. They had a chance to make the ACC championship game, but they just they didn't play very well. And this week we had a couple of opt-outs there. Redshirt sophomore linebacker Kashawn Artis and backup redshirt junior defenseman Zion DeBose both opted out. Another uh, backup offensive lineman um, medically retired. And, um, you know, Tech has had some COVID issues all year long. The Jermaine Waller's been in and out of the lineup. It's really hard on a game-to-game basis to know what Tech is doing in terms of their defense, um, in terms of COVID as well. Khalil Herbert played last week, but was kind of a decoy, so that really hurts their offense. And you've got a pit team who is uh, had the COVID issues last week. They beat Florida State 41-17. They returned to practice yesterday. There was a story that basically said an unnamed main player tested positive for COVID. So many question marks on both sides here. Drew, I lean to Pittsburgh here, but I also need to wait till close to game day to find out who is COVID and who doesn't because Pitt is not good enough to withstand certain players being out. I lean to Pitt here, especially at home. I wonder what Tech's mindset is, but I can't lock it in till close to kickoff until we find out who some of these players are. And unfortunately, that's probably the time we're going to find out. 
Fair enough, mid-major Matt. We got ECU at Temple up next in the AAC, 57 and a half being the total with the Pirates. That's the ECU Pirates, minus three in the hook, road favorites. So I, I'm i an alumnus of Syracuse, and I'm a former season ticket holder for Temple, I'm a big Temple fan. So it's been a miserable college football season so far. And if you got in early enough and you got ECU at plus three, good for you because uh, it's obviously the other way now. And the reason why is because Temple's down to their fourth-string quarterback. Freshman Matt Duncan is going to start. He played a little bit against UCF, and it was basically a lot of handoffs and safe plays and things like that. And in one respect, it's going to be good for them because there's not a lot of film on this quarterback. But when you hear from your head coach that he basically would not have played these games and would not play these last few games because Temple's had so much COVID and injury issues, that's not a good sign for a mindset for this team. The problem is I'm not ready to just basically take ECU as a road favorite. I know there's no atmosphere. I know that this is, you know, it's a road game only and that they're playing in Philadelphia and they're not playing in East Carolina. But are you ready to just lay points with East Carolina on the road? They're the better team. Holt Nailers is the best player on the field probably for both teams in this game. I just don't know if I can lay the points here. ECU's the better team. If you want to tie an ECU money line in with something else and you want to do some sort of parlay or some sort of teaser with ECU, I can do that. But I know Temple's down to their freshman quarterback, but I'm not ready to just say, hey, let me take ECU here because how often are they the better team and they actually play like the better team? So to me, it's a it's a teaser parlay in terms of the ECU money line or something with that ECU side because I'm not ready to lay points. And this line could go up even more. Who knows? Um, you may also want to wait and see who else is out for Temple because if they've got more COVID issues, then, then who knows? Maybe the line keeps going up. It gets up to six, and then you just tease it down to ECU winning, and then that's all you need. He's mid-major Matt, sportsmemo.com. He won last night on the Kent State team total over, which uh, hit pretty easily. He's also 28-14 and 14 this season in college football team totals. He's also doing NFL team totals to a high success rate, nine and four in a shorter sample size here, guys. But uh, since week two of the college football season, he's 53 and 35. That's 60% college football since week two. So he's seen it well in college football, guys. Check him out. All of his packages, sportsmemo.com. And remember the coupon code, MATT30. It's a new coupon code, actually, M-A-T-T-3-0. And... Uh, Get 30 days of college football for only $99. That is uh, $70 off the regular price. He's been red hot in college football. That coupon code is MATT30 and use it for for the discount on the 30-day package for Mid-Major Matt at sportsmemo.com. Mid-Major Matt, next game up in the AAC. A good one here, 343-344. Cincinnati at UCF, 63.5 being the total in the bounce house. Cincinnati minus five and a half or minus six, depending what sports book. And guys, this is another game we broke down in yesterday's college football show. So if you want to in-depth look at this Cincinnati UCF game, go check that out. It's the best damn college football show we recorded yesterday. But mid-major Matt, any quick thoughts here before we move down the card? Yeah, quick thoughts here. I mean, Cincinnati is a really good team against the spread. They're built to, to beat a team like UCF. UCF is not built. Their defense is not tough enough to grind it out with Cincinnati. I could see a lot of Dokes and Ford in this game. I could see, you know, the the Bearcats kind of grinding things out a little bit. I've talked about how I don't love Desmond Ritter. I think he's gotten fat and happy or fat and sassy, as Marco would say, against teams that aren't very good. He's put up good numbers, and he's playing well right now, but I don't know necessarily if I trust Desmond Ritter. This is the type of game that I let Dokes and Ford do a lot of the work here. I don't like UCF as a home dog here. I know that you have uh, some thoughts about that, but 
you know, UCF is a, is a team that wants to win. They want to throw the ball deep. They want to beat you in a, in a kind of a, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not a mucker and grinder type team, whereas Cincinnati is. And usually I lean to those things. And remember, as we talked about yesterday, the home field advantage, I probably would have leaned to UCF if the bounce house was bouncing, but there's no atmosphere. There's nothing here to equalize this sort of thing. So to me, I, I think Cincinnati's in play here. I think Cincinnati's the better team. And once again, remember, if this thing's up, they've got to put some style points up there. So if they're winning, they're going to keep scoring because they have to impress the committee here. So it's a lean to Cincinnati. You can get more from uh, Rob and, and, and you on the uh, Best Damn uh, College Football Show. Yeah, uh, good thoughts there, uh, mid-major Matt. Do want to throw out, it looks like 80 degrees, possible 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. Now we're talking a few days before the game and we're talking Florida weather here. So you're going to need to watch that. It can change pretty fast, but that's something that wouldn't necessarily help UCF. Plus the fact you talked about, you know, it just being 2020 and home field advantage, UCF is a home dog. Uh, Look, UCF has been hurt by... uh, 2020. There's no doubt about it, Mid-Major Matt. I mean, they had 10 guys opt out before the season. They just had four kicked off the team due to a gun in the car incident. Um, it, it just hasn't been – and plus the fact, like you talked about, being in the bounce house, one of, if not the most, you know, home home advantages in the group of five, and they're going to have reduced fans. So it's not, you know, as big of an advantage as it would be – in prior years. So I think that's all speaking towards this huge line move. Circa here in Las Vegas, the openers for college football uh, opened this pick them, and we're now seeing it as high as uh, Cincinnati minus six. So almost a full touchdown move here towards Cincinnati. I personally like the over, but we're going to need to watch that weather. You know, we're talking UCF and, and talking all offense here. They're number one in a bunch of categories offensively. And one of the most important here being uh, their tempo, number one. So uh, they can throw it around. And I think they'll be able to score. And Cincinnati will be able to score on UCF's defense, which is uh, not very strong. So I'm looking towards the over of 63 in that one, guys. we got Mississippi State at Georgia. We're seeing the Georgia Bulldogs minus 25 home favorites in the next matchup here, mid-major, Matt. 44 and a half being the total. So you're the SEC expert, so I'll just at least give some facts and stuff that I read, and then you can either refute them and tell me that I'm wrong. But, I mean, Mississippi State just had another guy opt out today. And, you know, Mike Leach talked about how if you see guys opt out and leave, it's it's on purpose that they couldn't handle his style and they couldn't. And, look, this is a team that just came off a, a, a week off. They beat Vanderbilt 24-17. to They've scored 54 points in five games since that LSU blow-up. And, basically, teams have figured out. You play some zone. And it makes things difficult. Costello's been terrible. I know they've got that freshman kid. Um, the thing with Georgia is Georgia's defense is better up front in the front seven. Um, there are two losses this year. They get 417 passing yards to Alabama, 474 to Florida. But then you've got a Georgia team that had the week off after losing the world's largest cocktail game. They're second in the league in sacks with 18. Mississippi State's allowed more than three sacks per game. And Stetson Bennett's back at practice. So to me, Drew, it seems like this is a Georgia-type game here. But, I mean, if, if Mississippi State does get some passes off, there might be some completions there because Georgia looks like they're a little vulnerable in the back end. But will they have time to do that, Drew? So I got nothing here. What's your thoughts on this game? I think Mississippi State is going to have a tough time moving the ball against this uh, Georgia defense, even though they are banged up. They just haven't moved the ball against many defenses at all. So uh, I, I don't see many reasons why they're going to be able to do it on the road at Georgia. So it would be Georgia or pass, and I'll likely pass mid-major Matt. We got one game left here, guys. Uh, with mid-major Matt, then we'll bring in Robbie Vino for the next section. And remember the coupon code MAT30, that's M-A-T-T-3-0, for discount 
on his 30-day college football for only $99. It's regularly $169. So 70 bucks off there using the coupon code MATT30 for his 30-day uh, package there at sportsmemo.com. He's uh, seeing the team totals both in college football and the NFL very well. We got Sunbelt 347-348 to end it here, mid-major Matt. App State versus Coastal Carolina. We got Coastal Carolina minus five, minus five in the hook at home, 48 being the total. By the way, uh, once again, another game we talked about yesterday. So make sure to uh, check that out. Um, those were the games that we did yesterday on the Best Damn uh, College Football Show. But to me, basically, you know, this is a, a high-powered game here. But, what, you know, everybody talks about Coastal Carolina's offense, but it's their defense. They've allowed just 20 points their last three games, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and South Alabama. Um, they've had 13 days to prepare. Their last game was November 8th when they beat South Alabama here. I think Coastal's, I think Coastal's offense is going to have a little bit of a problem with App State, but I also think App State's offense is going to have a little bit of a problem. We don't know about Zach Thomas's status yet. We don't know about Datrick Harrington, um, the running back. Most likely he's out. So App State could struggle here. This seems like an under, Drew. It, it, it seems like a game where both teams are going to be punting a lot potentially and playing some defense here so it's a lean to the under here i need to know more about the status of zach thomas uh jacob houston their backup has at least been in the system and has thrown passes in live games so it's not like they're throwing somebody completely to the fire here but it's a lean to the under here between these two as we talked about yesterday all right good stuff from mid-major matt guys uh check out his packages sportsmemo.com and the coupon code matt 30 at checkout for his 30 day package at sportsmemo.com mid-major matt you want to throw out anything before we shut this down well we got to do the quick vip games we got three vip games for uh the listeners and the watchers. all right let's do it three three vip games first off we lost uh louisiana and um and uh their opponent central arkansas that was uh sad louisiana's had some COVID issues all right so three games Stephen f austin at memphis memphis about 30 and a half point favorite Stephen F. Austin six and three on the season. They've played three FBS opponents so far. They lost 24-14 at UTEP, 24-10 at UTSA, 50-7 at SMU. Defensive based team here. They've struggled against their best offense. They gave up those 50 points to the SMU. Memphis is coming off the bye week. They're on my S list after the fact that they couldn't score and hit us our 5% uh, $2 play two weeks ago against South Florida. Uh, I was concerned about how much they were still in this season. They can't win the AAC championship, so I'm, I'm a little concerned here. Their defense isn't great, but if S, uh, Stephen F. Austin can't take advantage of it, it doesn't matter. Lean to the over, but I'm not getting to the window on anything in this game. North Alabama at BYU. BYU is a 47.5-point favorite total around 58. It's the fourth and final game for North Alabama. They lost 28-7 at Liberty, 24-17 at home to Jacksonville State, and 24-13 at Southern Miss. BYU's got a week off, uh, or coming off the week off against uh, after beating Boise State. They have a bye week coming up. Their last game potentially is uh, December 12th against San Diego State. Although I did see, Drew, that there's a chance Utah may schedule them for next week because Utah is supposed to play Arizona State, and Arizona State's had all the COVID issues. So there is a chance the Pac-12 will allow Utah to schedule a game against BYU in that oh, game uh, next week. So that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, I think BYU can name their score here. I think it's best to isolate BYU in the first half. Hopefully we get something around 28 or under here. Uh, the Zach Wilson-Heisman hype train has to continue. They'll be focused because they're coming off a bye, and they have a bye coming up. So, therefore, they have to play their starters, and they're going to play them, and they need to do style points here. So, to me, it's BYU first half of around 28 or so um, for that game. And then the last game, UVA is hosting Abilene Christian. Weird mix-up here, match-up here. UVA about a 39.5-point favorite total 
is 61. Abilene Christian is 1-4. and four. They lost 17-13 at UTEP, 55-23 at Army. It's their last game of the season. They are allowing over two, almost 250 rushing yards per game. They gave up 400 yards rushing in their most recent performance. UVA coming off that 31-17 win over Louisville. They've got a road trip to Florida State coming up next. They have several quarterbacks here, so it's another team that could take out a starter, put in a backup that's pretty solid here, but they just had their starting nose tackle, Jawan Briggs, transfer out. I don't know how serious UVA takes this game, but there's no way that I'm taking Abilene Christian here. It's an easy pass for me. Uh, a UVA should score a boatload of points. The question is, could Abilene Christian chip in to that 61? I don't think so, so it's an easy pass in that game. Uh, mid-major Matt. So I know you, but Utah is playing USC. I was kind of looking at the Utes and we'll get to that game, uh, later guys, the every game on the board podcast, but mid-major Matt, if BYU plays Utah next Saturday or Friday, whenever the game would be, what would you make the number on that? It depends on where it is. I, I don't know where they would play that game. Not that it matters too much because I don't know if there's elevation in, in Utah. I, I mean, BYU's got to yeah, win. I mean, BYU's in must-win-by-a-lot mode. And Utah, if I'm remembering correctly, Utah's a pretty young team. They lost some key pieces on offense and defense. I think this week's their first game, right? They, they had yeah. their first two games banged. So, therefore... That's what makes this question so tough. Right. You haven't seen Utah yet. Their second game of the season against a BYU team that needs to impress everybody. It's a rivalry game. If it's a BYU, I would say it's like 20. No way. Really? Yeah. It's a rivalry game, Drew. And BYU has to score. And BYU has to beat up on everybody. So I'd set it pretty high. Maybe, all right, fine, 17 and a half. I don't know. Wow. I could be be really wrong about that then. I, I was thinking more like, you know, under a touchdown, but... Oh, Wait. under a touchdown, I would put my life savings on BYU. I would okay. put my life. I mean, BYU has to win. BYU, there's a chance that BYU can make the playoffs, but they, every game they play, they have to put up 50, and they can, and they will. And remember, Zach Wilson, there's an outside shot. He makes it to New York for the Heisman. So they're going to want him to do as much as possible. And who has stopped BYU so far? So if it's under a touchdown, Drew, I would probably make it a life savings amount. That's why I don't think it is. But I could be way off at 17 and a half, too. Yeah, no, no, guys in the chat box, let us know real quick because uh, we only got a couple minutes left. But um, I mean, just a couple of reasons why, you know, Kyle Whittingham as an ATS coach has, has been great over the long term. Um, and, you know, I, I guess not as much film out on Utah. You know, I, I'm kind of going off of the first game against a team that ha- has already played uh, a couple games has been a great bet. But I guess Utah wouldn't be in that. And, and a lot matters how Utah looks against USC. Let's face it. I mean, it, there's going to be a wide range of, of the movement for this. But it uh, looks like most of the guys in the chat box are, are are looking towards BYU. And we would both make BYU the favorite. But uh, just a big difference in how much of the favorite is, uh, I guess, the big question. But Mid-Major Mac, great stuff as always, man. Can you leave us with a best bet for this section? I think you and I agree. It's New Mexico. I think New Mexico okay. is the best bet. So let's uh, let's go with that there. All right. So best bet for this section. We got New Mexico, and we can lock them in at plus seven across the board. Uh, pin, if you got a pinnacle, count seven and a half. But we'll go with plus seven for Mid-Major Matt on New Mexico versus Air Force and Friday Night Lights. I like it as well, guys. So check that out. Um, and huge shout out to the chat box. Looks like Tim coming in, Johnny Outlaws. Just seeing some 14 and a halves from Austin. Yeah, that might be that's in between our two numbers. So uh could see that for sure. But mid-major Matt, did you want to throw out anything before we shut this down? No, I just hope we get a lot of these games we talked about, Drew. Unfortunately, they're going left and right, and it's only Wednesday. So uh, sadly, we're losing college football games. But the ones we do, we're going to enjoy it. 
Okay, so we got 10 postponements. If I set the number at 13 and a half postponements for uh, all of this weekend college football, would you take the over or the under? No. Sadly, I think we're not done yet because there's going to be – remember, we talked about that Boise State-Hawaii game on uh, yesterday. Boise State's going to get their test Friday morning. If it's not going to show them anything, then they're not going to play that game either. I think we're going over, sadly. I think it's 14 or more. Okay. Well, he's Mid-Major Matt, guys. Follow him on Twitter, at Mid-Major Matt. Check out his packages, Sports Memo. We got the coupon code MATT30 at checkout for his 30-day package for $70 off, uh, just $99 there. So uh, check it out, guys. Next 30 days of service for a huge discount, MATT30, the the, uh, coupon code there. And uh, thanks for joining us. You can smash the like button. If you're watching on replay, feel free to uh, drop a line below uh, what you agreed with us on, what you disagreed with us on. It's uh, all welcome here. And uh, guys, we'll be back at 2 o'clock Pacific with Robbie Vino breaking down the next section of games on the college football, every game on the board. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.